All right, once again, we will be in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, and tonight we are going to center on the word just. And um, we are going through the book of Proverbs topically at this point. Um, We have many of the verses. I would show you the verse list, but it just looks like chicken scratch. But I've got every verse in the book of Proverbs we haven't covered yet. And uh, we are marking them off one by one. And and, uh, Lord willing, in a few weeks here, uh, uh, we will have this... Uh, finished out the book of Proverbs, having covered every verse in the book of Proverbs, and uh, very few of them twice, but a few of them are mentioned twice. But Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1, uh, we're going to center on the word just. Now, there's just is used two different ways. Just is used as an adjective, and just is used as a noun. And the first type we're going to cover is just used as an adjective. Verse 1 of chapter 11 of the book of Proverbs, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 11. Proverbs 16, 11 says, A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. And then if you would, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 23. This verse does not have the word just in it, but it is along the same lines here. Verse 23 says, Divers weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. Now, what we're trying to do is put these verses in the context and understand they are wise sayings. There is information in these verses that we desperately need. The problem is we are most of the time unaware of how desperately we need these, the information that is in these verses. Now, how many of you have ever been to the deli counter? Say, I want a half pound of whatever. My favorite is roast beef. Slice it nice and thin, especially the Italian kind with the oregano and good seasonings. Oh, boy, I mean, that is the way to go. And so they weigh that out. Now, in... The days of King Solomon and much uh, up into a very modern time, everything was done by weight. If you were to buy something, you would purchase it with precious metal by weight. Yes, they did print coins and everything. The term the talent in the Bible is a term that determines weight. Uh, It was somewhere around 75 pounds for a talent of gold. That'd buy you a few things on today's market. And uh, multiply 75 by 13 by whatever it is. What is gold? About $1,500 an ounce right now, something in that neighborhood. Uh, 
A talent of gold was a very valuable thing. And we've often talked about it as Jesus went into the temple, he threw out the money changers because what they were doing is they would weigh the money in and weigh the money out. So you would, they would, uh, you would come up with so many Roman pennies or whatever and that would be put on the scale and you would be given so much temple money. Well, what these people were doing is they were weighing you in heavy. I mean, no, they would weigh you in light and weigh you out heavy. So they were stealing from you both ways. And when the Bible talks about a false balance being an abomination, it's talking about thievery. Um, years ago, how many people, have, you know, Getty gas stations? This was probably... 30 years ago or so, I, I didn't look up the court date, but what they had done on the pumps is they had set the pumps up just like one-tenth of one cent. And so every dime, you were losing a penny. They were stealing from you. And the way I heard the story told was the judge said, okay, on such and such a date, we're going to publish it, and you're going to give away free gas to pay back all the people that you stole from. And uh, you're not going to charge anybody anything. And they said there were lines at the Getty station just way down the streets until they ran out of gas trying to... But what the judge was trying to do was to punish them for an unjust balance. Somebody said the most expensive piece of meat in town was the butcher's thumb, right? He'd stick it on the scale and just add a few ounces at a time. The Bible says that when we measure things out, we ought to do it honestly and justly. That it's an abomination to God to steal from people in that way. It says here that the... Um, just weight and the balance are the Lord's. That this idea of being able to measure things honestly and with integrity is something that God devised. Now, of course, God wants you to be honest. Amen? He wants, I mean, that goes without saying. But Here's a point that we need to learn from this. There can only be one standard. How many people know where the standard is in the United States? In Washington, D.C., there is a Bureau of Standards and Weights. Guess what? They have the official measurement of a foot and a yard and several different things there. They have the official masses uh, or weights of an, a true ounce and a troy ounce and uh, a slug and all these different things. No, they're not little creepy crawlers. It's an actual measurement that's called a slug. And uh, they have the pure gram and all of these things. And you know what happens? Every so many years, they have to go back because of atmospheric conditions, because of 
different things, those weights will change a thousandth of a fraction. But it's the job of the Bureau of Standards to keep the weights constant. If you touch a piece of brass, guess what happens? It tarnishes, doesn't it? Well, you know what? When you clean the tarnish off, you change the weight just a little bit. And so the Bureau of Standards is constantly maintaining and making sure that when your meter man comes by and checks the uh, gas station pump, when Con Ed comes by and checks your meter and makes sure it's measuring cubic feet of hundreds of cubic feet or uh, of gas and all of those things, that the measurements are constant and they're standard. Now, that's a good thing. But do we have any spiritual applications of there? Oh, my. They are everywhere, are they not? What is God's standard? You see, there's an awful lot of people that want to change the measurement. That's what the modern versions is all about. For 1,500 years of history of Bible-believing people, the standard was the text from which this Bible came. It wasn't until they started work in the late 1400s. I can't remember the exact dates of Tischendorf, and I think he was 1450 or something like that, and then all these other people came after him. And it took them until the 1880s to change the standards. See, now the standard says that... Actually, it was 1450 that they found the manuscript, part of which Tischendorf finally got to the English Museum. But 95% of our New Testament manuscripts match up with this book right here. You know how they changed the standard? They said, well, that's only one voice. 95% of all the manuscripts... And so we'll go to the 5% that don't agree with each other. They had no single voice in the 5%. And we'll get as many different voices out of the 5% as we can. And that will be the new standard. Try that at work sometime. 95% of the students believe 2 plus 2 equals 4. If we have 100 students in the class, the other five students have come up with five different answers. And therefore, we will only allow 2 plus 2 to equal 4, have one vote, and be exactly the same as 2 plus 2 equals 3, 5, 22, and whatever else you might get in there. Do you see why God says that divers' weights are an abomination? And guess what? We do this in our own personal lives, do we not? Do we not weigh other people's motives and actions according to a different scale often than we weigh our own motives and actions? Oh, my. That is the chief cause of all interpersonal disputes, is it not? 
It really is. It's, it's looking at someone else. It's putting them in the scale. And they're saying, you come up short. And when they turn around and say, hey, why don't you weigh yourself in the same scale? It's none of your business. It, there's only one standard, my friend. That standard is God's Word. There's a difference between what is right and what is wrong. And by the way, you don't have the authority to make that choice. God has already made it for you. Have you ever met someone who was just guided by good intentions? Now, of course, we could talk about the politicians and all that. I mean... Obamacare is big in the news. And its intentions are very good. Everybody ought to have health insurance. Okay, number one, who's going to pay for it? They promised us that we'd be able to keep our insurance and everything was going to continue as it is. We're just going to add these people to the system. Um... Guess what? They're canceling our church insurance as of December 31st because of Obamacare. Does that sound like it's going to just continue on? I've already gotten the letters, three of them. Uh, you better watch out. You see, the employer mandate doesn't happen until next year after the elections. Um, but the simple truth of the matter is it's all going into effect right now. Now, we want to weigh intentions and all of that. Well, I, I'm all for good intentions. But good intentions have never, ever been a standard by which we judge right and wrong. Keep your eyes open, my friend. We, we better watch out. And by the way, when they start judging Congress by a different standard and unions by a different standard, and if, if you're, uh, what, what would that be? FOB, friend of Barack, uh, you, you get a waiver. I mean, that's what's happened. 30 some, uh, what is it, 1,500 different organizations and companies have already gotten waivers. Do you think we could apply for one? You see, that's what's happened to our society. But you know what? It happens to us internally as well. Philip will come up and Joey is crying. I didn't mean to, Dad. Uh, does that... Stop the pain? Does that make things right because you didn't mean to? No. You see, this idea of false balances actually works its way into everyday life every day now, doesn't it? They had a set of commercials out there and they play the sound of a crash and, and uh, somebody's crying. I broke my arm and the driver says, oh, I'm sorry, I was only buzzed. I wasn't drunk. 
and then they make this tape sound and everything. Oh, okay, I'm okay. You were only buzzed. It says, does this happen in real life? No. And then it goes back to the scene of the pain and the suffering because it doesn't matter how much or how little you are under the influence. If you wreck the vehicle and hurt somebody, they're still dead. Amen? You see, this idea of justice determines so much about how we live and we think. It's one of those invisible things that we don't even pay attention to until we come up on the wrong side of something and someone is treating us unfairly. Then we're screaming, no justice, no peace, or whatever else might be going on. When, if we understand there can only be one standard by which things are measured in order for things to be just, and only God has the character and the ability to set that standard, it would save us an awful lot of trouble now, wouldn't it? So, we need to understand, a just weight is God's delight. He wants things to be weighed and, and to be balanced fairly. Oh, I hate the word fair. Oh, I hate that word. Equitably, justly. A just balance is one that measures the same every time. It is repeatable. And uh, how many of you have ever worked an advanced math problem where you got a different answer every time? I got a little clue for you. You're wrong. So which one? All of them. If you can't repeat it, it's, it's wrong. And it's the same way with a just balance. This is how you check yourself. I put in circumstances, do I get out a solid answer? If I don't, guess what? I've moved from the realm of justice into the realm of emotion, and I'm in trouble. It's not that trouble's coming. I'm already there. Because I have made a judgment based upon things that are not just. I can't repeat. And so let's, let's move on. I could spend the whole night right here. Uh, so many applications. And I pray that you will think about this thing and, and really put your heart and soul into these verses and understand this idea of a just weight and a false balance isn't just cheating on your income tax. It's the way you think about other people. It's the way other people think about you. It's the way you do business. It's everything about you because justice is one of those things that reaches to the core of your soul. And so you have to, if you start catching yourself, judging people by a different standard than you would judge yourself, making allowances... You know why preachers fall off the deep end of life? It's because they make an allowance in their life that they would not allow in someone else's. That's an unjust balance. All of these politicians, you know what they've all said? The rules don't apply to me. They apply to everybody else. Unjust balance. I want you to get a hold of this because you're going to, if you ask the Lord, you're going to start seeing it 
in every paragraph of the newspaper. You're going to hear it on the radio when the newspaper people, when the news people are reporting to you how the rascally, wicked Republicans want to shut down the government and starve all the little children on cancer treatments. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. It's an unjust balance, my friend. They're not weighing things correctly. It's everywhere. And what is a person supposed to do? Well, let me tell you something. There's an awful lot of blessings and protections for the just. So this is something that you want. Let's start in verse 9 of chapter 11. I'm sorry. Chapter 11, verse 9. Just is something you want in your life. You want to be the noun, the just. The just is referred to in most of the verses that we're looking tonight. And verse 9 says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. You know what? The world's full of liars. What do you do when someone is lying about you? That's, I mean, that's what the hypocrite does. It's, it's someone who's not uh, is feigning themselves to be something they are not, and they are putting you in a bad light. They are trying to destroy you. It says, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. You know what this verse takes for granted? that you are measuring your life according to God's standard of judgment. That's how you're living. It takes that for granted. That's what it means when it says the just. You're living that way. You are walking in justice and doing things right. You know what? They're going to investigate things. How many times have people been accused of things and then they investigate? You know what they find out? Hey, uh, you know, we had all this stuff from this person telling us that this is the way it was, but now we know what's going on. This guy's doing right. He's going to be delivered. But you know what often happens? Is the just man is lied about. And so he says, I'm going to fight fire with fire. And he stops being just. And then... He really gets clobbered. Do you follow the scenario there? It happens all the time. The idea with, if you don't start out with a just weight and a just balance and keep things that way, you move out of the realm of justice and then you have none of the protections that justice has. It says, but through knowledge the just shall be delivered. Chapter 12 and verse 13 says, The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Verse 21 of chapter 12 says, There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Now, does that mean that a just man, nothing bad is going to happen to you? Well, what it's saying here is, there shall no evil happen to the just. If you're living justly, God's going to protect you. You're not going to be destroyed 
by evil. I mean, we live in a world where evil is everywhere, do we not? And people are destroyed by evil. They think it's cool, start smoking cigarettes, and pretty soon they're doing a little pot, and then they're trying a little of this and that, and the next thing they know, they wake up face down in a gutter. What has happened? They've been destroyed by evil. Isn't that true? Well, it says here that if you're just, that's not going to happen to you. That's what it's saying. Now look at the next verse. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs 24, 16. It says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. It doesn't say the just man is perfect. It says no evil shall happen to the just. He's not going to be overcome with evil. He may fall down. It says he could fall down seven times, but he's getting up again. The just man is getting up. But the wicked, he falls into mischief. He's done for. Aren't you glad God forgives sin? I mean, sometimes you do things that are going to cut you off from portions of your life that otherwise you may have enjoyed. You decide to go out with some friends and somebody steals a car, look forward to a long vacation at Rikers. And you're going to be cut off from that portion of your life. Does that mean you're going to hell? No. But you've lo- you can lose some things, but if you'll come to God, He'll put you back on your feet, and you can you can still serve Him. Does that illustrate the point? It doesn't mean you're going to be unscathed by sin. That's no one has that privilege. But what it means is you can get up and you can continue serving God. Maybe not as much as you did before, but you can keep serving God with your life if you're just. If the devil trips you up, guess what? You got God's promise. You're getting up again. Take God at his word. Let's go back to Proverbs 13. Proverbs chapter 13. These aren't all the blessings, but these are some of them. We're going to get a couple more here. Verse 22. It says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. It says, The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. You just keep serving God. You keep measuring your life by His standard. Make sure that your balance is, your weights that you're measuring things by is the same all the time, that it doesn't change. Don't measure things by how well you quote the Bible. Measure things by how well you know what it says. There's a difference. 
your mind will change words in the Scriptures. How often I go and I type in something, I'm looking for a verse, and all of a sudden my computer says, not there, words not found. Well, what has happened? This messed up this. We've got to stay by the standard or we'll move. And that's when we will have great trouble. Proverbs 20, verse 7. It says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Listen. There's not a lot of things that I just really have to have out of life. But I'll tell you one of them is, I want my kids to do right. I want, I want my kids to do right. Well, if I want my kids to do right, it says I've got to walk in my integrity. Well, how do you walk in your integrity? Well, you learn integrity by being just, by measuring, constantly measuring things by the standard. And we'll go just touch on this and quickly move on here, is when, when I'm building things, when I'm in a project here, and I've taught Stephen this as well, you don't use two or three tape measures when you're doing a project. Use one. You know why? Because even though all of those tape measures are certified to be board of standards approved and all of this, there are differences. Maybe the rivets have loosened up on that little cleat on the one and, and uh, you know, they, they print it on the other one and, it, you know, and it's just fractions of an inch off. But I'll tell you what, it will sure mess up your project. You, you've got to have one standard. I tried this one time. I cut a piece of wood to the perfect length, and I mean, I sanded it and just everything, and then I tried to cut everything to that piece of wood. Stop being lazy. Go back and measure by the standard, or you're going to have problems. You're not going to be just. And it's something, that's, that's what integrity is. It's maintaining that justice. Now, we just got a couple more verses here. Not more than about 25 here. No, I'm only kidding. We've looked at what it means to be just, just as an adjective, just weights, just balances, the blessings of the just, and now we want to look at the mind of the just, how he thinks, what, what makes a just man happy, and what, what is his joy. Proverbs 21, verse 3 says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You know what? God loves sacrifice. But to do justice and judgment is more important. 
Uh, Proverbs 21, 15, just skip down a few verses there. It is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Why does a just person rejoice at making sure that what they do measures up to the standard? Because it's right, that's why. You, you rejoice when you work on something. I don't know about you, but when I'm building things and I, I get it all done and it looks just right and it's a quarter inch off. Just want to scream. But when you work everything and it's just right and then you measure it and it's, ah, it checks out. Oh, what a joy that is. It actually worked. Uh, it doesn't have my signature on it, meaning that it's done almost right. Uh, it's done the right way. That's why the just person has joy. The, the wicked person has no joy in checking, dust, in checking out justice because he knows he's not going to measure up. Destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. It's going to get you. Proverbs chapter 29, verses 10 and 27. Verse 10, the bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. You know what? The bloodthirsty hate the upright. Why is a just person for capital punishment? Because that's where God set the standard? If man takes a man's life, by man shall his blood be shed. That's, that's God's standard. Why will a just man seek that criminal who has committed murder and hunt for them for years and wait until they find them and bring them to trial. Why will they seek the soul of that person who has decided to remain hidden from society and doesn't want anybody to know? Because they're just, that's why. You see, this idea of just laying down and letting everybody do whatever they want is not just. God's standards are real. And it's not. Do not translate this as the just man wants him to get his desserts. That's not it at all. The just man seeks his soul so the standard of justice can be weighed evenly for every person. Look at verse 27. An unjust man is an abomination to the just... And he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. So why do you want a wicked friend, just man? Do you get that? Why do you want to go into business with a sinner? You see, the truth of the matter is, 
John Gotti, when he was alive, could think of no person that he hated more than a person like me. And you know what? There are a few people that I despise more than a guy like John Gotti. He was a wicked, evil man. He's an abomination. I mean, I've been asked people, hey, hey, Bill Clinton's a Baptist. Would you allow him to be a member of your church? No. He wouldn't be welcome, not unless he wants to get right with God. If he wanted to get right with God, guess what? We'd welcome him in with open arms. Keep the news media out. That's not what this is about. But I think he's shown a little bit more than just plain intention never to become a just man. We don't want that in here. And you know what? He doesn't want to be here. You can't have an agreement. Understand that the wicked man, the unjust man, hates you and despises you if you try to walk in the paths of justice. Don't make a friend with them. And actually, they should be an abomination to you that you wouldn't want to make a friend with them. That was Jehoshaphat's trouble. And his grandkids paid for that, as well as his children and his family for generations bore the scars of his willing to make friends with an abomination. Proverbs chapter 18. I've actually struggled with this verse in the past and glad we're doing this study. And just so simple when you really get the answer. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. How many times have I had over the years somebody will say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And they'll come in and they'll tell me this story about somebody else. Oh, wow, I can't believe this. They're actually treating you like that is unbelievable. Well, then the other person who is unbelievable comes in and they tell the other side of the story. You know, when both people are at fault, you know what the thought is? The first one that gets to dead wins. <laughs> Let me get my side of the story out first. Oh, man, that's what this verse is saying. Just because they're the first ones to speak does not mean they're just. Take time to search it out. We have what we call the rule of first mention in the scriptures that when God mentions something the first time, he usually explains it. That doesn't hold true with people. And Solomon... It's giving us that warning just because they got to you first does not mean they're right. Take some time. Search them out. 
Then we'll turn to Proverbs 17. Two more verses and we'll be done. Verse 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Now we live in a world where people want to condemn the just. What is my solace? Uh, God just put them on the abominable list. When you're on God's abomination list, you've got some real fine company, including the devil himself. I'll tell you what, I'm going to stay off that list by God's grace. Don't condemn the, the, the just or justify the wicked, either one. But every man did that which was right in what? His own eyes. Everybody is trying. Verse 26 of the same chapter. Also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. How many times you remember being in school? And you got four or five kids in a classroom of 30, 40 students. Nom, 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 nom. Teacher says, I'm going to put you all on discipline because you won't be quiet. Anybody else ever had that happen? Now, don't you do that, Brother Franz. It says not to smite the princes for equity. Don't just punish everybody. You know why? Because it's not just. Don't punish the just. And don't just give the same treatment to everybody. Well, let's go back to the beginning. A just weight is his delight. The, the weights of the bag belong to God. The ability to be able to measure things out honestly and justly. That's, that's what being just is. And I'll tell you what, God's given you a scale. It's right here. Use it correctly. Don't hold yourself to one standard and somebody else to another. This idea of justice, if you'll pray about it, I'll tell you what, I'm thinking of things, I have things coming into my mind even as I'm preaching that I, I want to work on because it's so easy to let the standard slip. Right, Joseph? Now turn around. We're almost done. It's so easy to excuse yourself because of what you know in your heart and to condemn someone else because of what you don't know in their heart. There are rewards. You want protection in a wicked society? Be just. God will protect you. He will keep you. And you know what? Even if you do sin and fall, God says you'll get up because this thing called justice will keep you going. The reasons people fall and they never get up is because they're not just. They don't have God's blessing and they're overcome. But you've got to be just. And all God's people said, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask that each one of us would take warning and, and special care 
of these verses, of these warnings, Lord, that we would mark down the blessings and pray for them and seek them in our lives. Lord, that we would measure things by the measurement of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray.